For over 50 years, people have relied on Village Green Apothecary to give them individualized nutrition, pharmacy, and healthy living products. Village Green provides you with the kind of personalized help and attention that mass market pharmacies have long ago forgotten. You can depend on us for knowledge, experience, product selection, customer service, and a smile. Visit Village Green in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or call us at 301-530-0800 or go to our website at myvillagegreen.com. We're here to help you. Welcome listeners to the Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM brought to you by Village Green Apothecary located at 5415 West Cedar Lane in Bethesda, Maryland. I'm Dana Lake, and I'm your host for the hour, trying to bring you a wide variety of really good information all about you and your health. And this is a reminder that Village Green is your resource for questions about your health via the website and the store on Cedar Lane. And I want to remind you that you can listen to this show via the podcasts, iTunes Podcasts, Essentials of Healthy Living, or you can go on www.ehlradio.com and listen to this podcast and other podcasts as well. We also want you to make comments and tell us what you'd be interested in listening to. Now, today we have Dr. Alan Christensen, who's a board-certified naturopathic endocrinologist who focuses on thyroid care. He is a New York Times best-selling author whose recent titles include The Thyroid Reset Diet, being released in January, not far away, 2021, and also the book, The Metabolism Reset Diet. And Dr. Christensen has been featured on countless media appearances, including Dr. Oz, The Doctors, and The Today Show. He is a founding president behind the Endocrine Association of Naturopathic Physicians and the American College of Thyroidology. His upcoming book, The Thyroid Reset Diet, focuses on the ideal diet for hypothyroidism, and that's our subject to today. So welcome to the show, Dr. Christensen. Hey, Dana. Thanks so much for having me. Glad to be with you. And we're glad to have you on this show because I don't think we have talked as much about the thyroid as we should. And so uh, perhaps you can give us a little background on what what your practice is like as far as being the medical manager and what your colleagues focus on within that practice. Yeah, so thyroid disease is quite common and it affects large numbers of people, probably 30 to 60 million Americans. And our big focus is on hypothyroidism, um, Hashimoto's, and on Graves' disease. So those are the most common versions of thyroid disease and they're the ones that can last the longest for people. Yes, yes. Um, Can you tell us how you got interested? Um, I assume it was because you were seeing so much of it. For sure. Yeah, I was in my medical residency years, and I was seeing patients who were were known to have thyroid disease. And, you know, in, in medicine, you were taught that the main reason people have symptoms is because the gland doesn't make enough of these hormones. And if you take pills that have the hormones, everything should be fine. But so often it wasn't the case. You know, people were on medication, their blood levels were where they're supposed to be. 
but they were still struggling. It was, it was pretty significant. And I saw a huge gulf between what was done in the alternative side and what was done on the conventional side. And sometimes people would get better from either approach. Sometimes they would get worse from either approach. And it seemed like just such a pressing thing to me that I wanted to unravel and help people do better for. Yes, it is. Uh, And so many people have it and don't realize they have it. And I know the standards for the goal numbers for TSH, T4, T3, et cetera, have changed. Um, talk, uh, talk a little bit about what are the main symptoms of hypothyroidism. Yeah, so the most common problem is the gland fails to make enough hormone to meet the body's needs. And hypothyroidism, like you described that, that's what we call that. And there's possible symptoms and there's predictive symptoms. So the possible symptoms, we could be on the show the whole time just listing them off one by one. (laughs) Yeah, anything you could imagine. But they're not all as predictive because they can be caused by other things or they can be multiple factors. Some of the more predictive symptoms include uh, recurrent weight gain. So someone who is able to lose weight, but it comes back very easy for them. That's a big one. Another one is, for women especially, diffuse even head hair loss. So there can be hair loss that's in certain patterns, like the temples or the forehead. Not so much that, more so even and all over. That's a big one. Then we think, too, about fatigue patterns that are worse with physical activity. So you you do some exercise, you're wiped out, uh, you're, you're just run down more than you'd expect. That's a more specific one. And the last of the most common ones would be Brain brain fog, you know, unexpected memory lapses, inability to focus for long periods of time on these on things. And these are all because the thyroid hormones control how we generate energy and how we repair our tissues. So if we can't repair our tissues, the hair loss rate is faster than the hair growth rate. And if we can't generate energy, our body has has fat, but it can't tap into it. And so there's there's too easy It's too easy to store that fat and too hard to break it down, so you're tired and the weight becomes a struggle. Um, I think you've described that very well, Uh, the fat storage, uh, the brain fog. I always think that's probably one of, of the most common. What other, I know we can't cover every single symptom, but what other symptoms may people expect if they're going into hypothyroidism? Yeah, those are some of the more common predictive ones. You're right, there are many more. Women can notice menstrual irregularities. Their periods can be heavier, more erratic. People can notice constipation. You know, along with the hair thinning, there can be drier skin or more brittle, easily cracked nails. Now, the thyroid hormones, they also affect how nerve signals move through the body. So when that changes, that can affect the nerve signals in the brain to the intestinal tract. So people can notice cramping, bloating, uh, constipation, diarrhea, those things in alternation. And another general pattern that makes it more predictive, there was a big study done in 98, the Colorado Thyroid Prevalence Study. And what they saw is that you could think about symptoms that someone has had just long-term or symptoms that seem to come on after some set time frame. And they call those the static and the the dynamic symptoms. And it turns out that the most predictive symptoms are the ones that changed over some time frame. So if one person said, you know, my whole life, my weight's been a struggle, that may or may not be relevant. 
But if someone else said, yeah, I never really had issues until, you know, I, I turned 43 and, and all of a sudden in November, everything changed for me. That's really suspicious. So yeah, those are some of the biggest symptoms and especially when someone can point to a time frame in which they changed for them. So are there triggers? Is stress a factor? Um, we know certain medications might influence the thyroid. Uh, is that something that traditional medicine looks at? In other words, in doing a workup to, to see if the medicines, medications a patient is taking could be interfering. Is that something that traditional physicians look at? Uh, they, it can be missed for sure. And with medications, there's the ones that are the biggest culprits are not as commonly used, but they can be just smoking guns for triggering thyroid disease. The biggest one by far is one called amiodarone, and that's a medicine used to make the heart rate more regular. And it's an iodine-based medication. We'll talk a lot about iodine. But the other, the other next most common one that's relevant is lithium. So lithium is used for mood disorders, for bipolar syndrome, and it also acts upon iodine metabolism. So then there's things like hormone replacement or oral contraceptives. They don't so much cause thyroid disease, but they do slow the body's response to thyroid hormone. So if someone's kind of on the edge, that could push them over the edge. Yes. It becomes a little bit more of a total load for some people, uh, not just mm -hmm. a, a simple one cause one remedy, and that it seems to me that's when it gets so complicated and harder for practitioners to recognize what to do. So now, you know, the natural question is, what kind of tests do you recommend when you suspect hypothyroidism? You know, the tests that we do are pretty the normal tests, uh, the TSH, the free T3, free T4 thyroid antibodies, also thyroglobulin, which is different than the antibodies. But you alluded to this earlier about just the difference between the ranges and, you know, normal versus healthy. Uh, so the ranges have evolved a lot. You know, I started practicing in the early to mid-90s, and the TSH, for example, that's, that's probably the, one of the more central of all the tests. It's not the only one that matters. But it's a, it's a backward marker. I want to just point that out real quick. So the higher this number is, the less active the thyroid is, and vice versa. You know, think about it like you've got a, a lazy worker that's always, like, on Facebook or goofing off or something, so that the boss yells at them. So that's how the TSH works. That's the boss yelling. So the lazier the worker is, the louder the yelling gets. So you got to remember it's opposite. <laughs> so when I, when I started practicing, the TSH normal range was up to 12. You know, it's considered normal still. And now, in pretty much all areas, that's come down to four and a half to five. But a lot of data has shown that healthy people never have TSH scores close to that. That's right. That's right. Um, and I, I noticed when the ranges started to shift toward what I like to refer to as optimum. So uh, for a TSH mm -hmm. range, what do you consider optimum? Yeah, there's been a lot of studies that have looked at just if you have people that have no thyroid problems, you know, what's the range of their TSH scores. Also, in those who are on thyroid treatment, if you see them in different ranges, which ones have the least symptoms, the best health, and then also, like, long-term health outcomes. So people that have different ranges of thyroid scores, which ones get heart attacks, you know, which ones get diabetes, which ones don't. So you take all those three things together, 
And, and yes, you come to what's considered more optimal versus normal. So 0.4 to 4.5 is the normal range by most referencing labs. Those categories that I mentioned, there are differences per pregnancy status, uh, per age, per gender, per cardiovascular disease. But most non-pregnant, non-lactating adults under 70 with no cardiovascular disease, and then also a history of thyroid structural disease, thyroid cancer, thyroid nodules. So all that stuff aside, most everybody else, somewhere between about 0.4 and 2 is a typical range of a TSH in a healthy population like that. Yes, yes. Um, and and that's what I've seen in the uh, non-traditional sector uh, as far as looking for optimums. But, we're, you know, that's being done on many other uh, parameters as well. For instance, glucose. When I was first doing this, the glucose range was 60 to 250. And I would tell patients, no, I want to see you at 75 to 85, 90 maybe, but that would be the range. And it was a long time before they started resetting to what is healthy. And I, we've seen that in many of the markers. We don't, as I tell people, you don't want to be normal. Normal's not healthy. You want to be optimum. <laughs> it's a, a different kind of goal. Well, we're going to continue this conversation. If you've just tuned in with us, folks, you're with the Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM. I'm Dana Lake, your host for the hour, having a wonderful conversation with Dr. Alan Christensen, and we're talking about the thyroid, and we're going to be talking about the diet and thyroid. We have a lot more to discuss. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back after this brief break. All over the world, people are beginning to discover fish oil is one of the best secrets for unlocking great health. Thousands of studies have shown the amazing effects of these powerful omega-3s for heart health. Plus, fish oils have even been shown to balance moods and lessen anxiety. With exceptional taste, unrivaled freshness, and unsurpassed purity, Nordic Naturals is the easy way to get your omega-3s every day. To learn more, visit Village Green Apothecary or visit NordicNaturals.com. Nordic Naturals, committed to the planet, committed to pure and great-tasting omega oils. Are you under a lot of stress these days? Pressure from your job, personal life, politics? It can all take a serious toll on your health. But we can help. Village Green Apothecary can help you achieve a healthier lifestyle with our wide range of nutritional supplements, health-related books, and more. We've been providing customized nutrition and healthy living resources for over 50 years. And we'll take the time to advise you about your unique needs. Stop by Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or visit our website at myvillagegreen.com. When it comes to taking a multivitamin, the Pure Encapsulations One multivitamin makes it one and done. This convenient formula provides vitamins, minerals, and other essential nutrients in a comprehensive vegetarian multivitamin for both men and women in a once-daily dose. It includes L5-MTHF, the universally metabolized form of folate, and an antioxidant complex with sustained release, CoQ10, to enhance immunity and support energy metabolism. The One Multivitamin, available at Village Green Apothecary. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. 
Staying mentally sharp means nourishing the mind as well as the body. That's why there's new Cognosure from Metagenics. Research shows that the active natural ingredient in Cognosure supports multiple mechanisms necessary for maintaining healthy cognition and a healthy brain as it ages. Cognosure is also easy to take in delicious, chewable chocolate tablets. Have a clear and bright future by maintaining mental capacity with healthy habits and Cognosure. Remember Cognosure for healthy brain aging support. Available through your healthcare professional and Village Green Apothecary. I'm Mark Isaacson, owner of Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda, the most unique pharmacy in the country. You are unique, and at Village Green, we treat you this way. At Village Green, our passion is personalization and getting the root cause of health conditions, guidance on foods, nutrients, and pharmaceuticals to empower you with personalized recommendations just for you. For over 50 years, customers have depended on advice from our expert team of pharmacists and clinical nutritionists. Visit Village Green in Bethesda or online at myvillagegreen.com. Welcome back, listeners, to the second segment of The Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM, brought to you by Village Green Apothecary. I'm Dana Lake, and I'm your host for the hour, reminding you that we're here every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. You can hear this podcast today by going to ehlradio.com or on iTunes Podcast, Essentials of Healthy Living. This information we're getting today is really stellar, and we're talking with Dr. Alan Christensen, board-certified naturopathic endocrinologist, and his focus is on thyroid care, and we are talking about the thyroid. So we, we discussed the tests earlier on and what kind of ranges are healthier, more optimum, and we also talked about some of the symptoms. And you mentioned iodine. Can you clarify the iodine issue for us? Boy, thanks, Dana. That's my focus for the whole next book. It's such a fascinating story. The, the, short, the shortest version of it is that your thyroid needs iodine to work. It's an essential component of the thyroid hormones. However, it's so minuscule and it's so greatly concentrated that a little bit too much turns out to be one of the biggest single causes of thyroid disease. So everyone has a range where they can have too little or too much, but those who are prone to thyroid disease, their range is even narrower, and it's really easy for them to get outside of that. So what, what is the range, um, I guess, for intake, but also blood levels? Yeah, so blood levels and iodine testing, uh, briefly about that, blood levels are very good at picking up when someone gets toxic, like you asked me about medications, I talked about amiodarone. So that's one that can create toxic blood levels. However, your body regulates blood iodine so closely that it's not a great marker of your day-to-day nutritional changes. There's a lot of other iodine tests, and iodine fluctuates so much in the body that many tests can work fine to gauge the iodine status of a population of like 500 people or more. But the tests pretty much all break down at the individual level because it's just hard, it fluctuates so greatly. There's a free app, uh, Iodine Inventory, that people can use to just gauge their current day's intake. That's probably the simplest way by seeing what your typical food sources are. And in terms of a range, 
the World Health Organization has put a lot of data points around this because they've seen how iodine fortification can help some kinds of thyroid disease, but worse than others. And they found that most adults, their safest range is between about 50 and 200 micrograms for a daily intake. So what, uh, can you relate that to diet? What are the highest iodine foods? Yeah, so the highest iodine foods by far are going to be sea vegetables. They're not as commonly consumed. So of the most common consumed foods, uh, dairy products and processed grain products become the highest sources of iodine. And it's not innate to those foods. It's really more of a contaminant in both cases. Yes, yes. Um, so that's interesting. And iodine, ha you know, I don't think we've addressed that enough in nutrition. Um, and as you say, the testing is difficult. It's hard to be absolutely accurate. You can tell toxicity, um, but that doesn't apply to everyone. Uh, so you mentioned the medications that cause high iodine. Are there medications that would deplete it? Um, not so much that would deplete it. There's some medications that are used intentionally for stopping the thyroid from absorbing iodine to slow it down. And then there are those like, like lithium that I mentioned or fluoride goes in the category to where they may block its effects in the thyroid, but none that really change our absorption of iodine or cause us to eliminate it more quickly. Okay. That, that was good. Um, I think that's important information. So continue the subject. Uh, what else do you want to tell us about diet and thyroid? Because I think that's an important component in what your book's about. It sure is. So the exciting story is that we now know that there's this, people who are prone to thyroid disease have this narrow range of tolerance. We thought for a long time that once they had the disease, you know, the horse is out of the barn and that was it. But what we've seen now, there have been several large clinical trials in which they've taken people that had rather advanced thyroid disease, and the, the one and only thing they did was to put them on the lowest part of that iodine range, like about, you know, about 50 to 100 micrograms per day. And in those cases, the thyroid disease reversed in the vast majority of participants. Very interesting. So what, uh, what foods were restricted then? Yeah, so in those trials, they restricted the seafoods, um, sea vegetables, and many types of seafood, you know, fish and shellfish. The cool thing is not all, because they're so healthy to have in the diet. They also would restrict dairy products and processed grain products. And it didn't really mean stuff you'd make at home. So you could bake bread at home. You could use, like, whole grain brown rice. But you just can't buy bread or rolls in the store. So they, those things are taken out. Um, iodized salt was avoided. There's, and that's an easy swap. There's a lot of versions of salt that are great that are essentially iodine-free. And then egg yolks were also avoided in those studies. And so they were able to optimize the thyroid by shifting the intake to that lower range. That's fascinating. Yeah. Um, I, you know, that is something I hadn't heard of uh, in the past. And how Me good too. that people can <laughs> manipulate it on their own <laughs> makes a difference. So one of the uh, go ahead. 
Well, one of the studies, for example, the average participants had had thyroid disease for about four years. Their average TSA scores were 14. They were well, well above the normal range. Many had TSA scores between 50 and 100. They had pretty bad disease. And all they did was basically what I, what I shared with you. Uh, and within eight weeks, 78.3% of people had normal thyroid function with, with no, no medication. So it was extremely effective. And of those who didn't respond, almost all of them were in one of two categories. So one category was they weren't normal, but they were a whole lot closer to it. They were, they were heading there by leaps and bounds. They just hadn't been given enough time. Or they, when they looked at their post-diet iodine excretion, they were missing some of the instructions <laughs> or, or maybe the instructions weren't complete enough. They didn't really get to their target. You know, so it, they weren't winning because they weren't playing. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is, that is just fascinating to me. Um, so then does, does an individual come in for testing, uh, somebody who, as you've described in the studies, do, do they get tested for iodine levels or since the iodine levels in those optimum ranges are difficult to determine? What kind of testing do you do? I, I'm sure the TSH, but what else? For sure. We look at all the thyroid tests that we had spoken about. We also look at their thyroid ultrasound. In terms of iodine, in the studies, they showed that iodine tests, even if they could get them somewhat accurate, they wouldn't predict who responded and who wouldn't respond beforehand. So there really wasn't a value in doing so to see, you know, should you do this diet or not. But there was value in after the fact for those who did not respond. So if someone did do the diet for several months, they saw no improvement, there are ways they could screen their iodine just to see if there were some hidden sources. You know, one big thing that I've been writing about now in the book is about iodine in cosmetics. That's one of the hidden sources they weren't aware of in some of those studies. So why is iodine used in cosmetics? That's been fascinating for me to learn about. It's, it's a really useful substance in a lot of ways. It's, it's a great antiseptic. It's a good, it can be an antioxidant. It can also help make creams smooth and not separate, you know, not have like get watery and clunky and whatnot. So they keep creams well mixed. And the main compound is PVP, but you'll also see that by different names. And you'll also see a lot of natural products we'll talk about, seed vegetable extract or kelp extracts. Um, yeah, I did a little survey with top selling products online and saw that about a quarter to a third per category will have some of those ingredients in them. And if you run all the math on how much actual iodine it represents in terms of what percent that ingredient is, what percent that ingredient is iodine, and then think about how much iodine someone would absorb, you know, you could, you could take a shower and shampoo, conditioner, and walk out with about uh, 10, 10 days worth of a safe amount of iodine, like 10 times one day safe intake in just one shower. Boy, that, that is something. Now, I don't see many warnings. Are we getting to the point of trying to warn people about this? Yeah, it's a great question. There is talk about that. There is work toward that. And the same thing did happen pretty recently with hand sanitizers. So 2018, the FDA found that they, they banned the use of iodine in hand sanitizers. They saw that many hospital workers were at unsafe levels of iodine, and they were developing higher rates of thyroid disease from that. It was because they were you know, putting these iodine-based sanitizers on their hand all day long. Yes, 
Yes, it's an antiseptic and long recognized for that purpose. Uh, well, that's mm-hmm. news, too. You have so much new information that you're sharing with us. Uh, what, how, I guess the best way for somebody to understand where they are with their thyroid is if they see the symptoms. Run down the symptoms real quickly, again, for those who may not have heard from the first segment. Yeah, for sure. So stubborn body weight, you know, just won't come off or just pops right back on after after some effective dieting. That's that's a big thing. And then energy levels. So get tired too easily early in the day, mid-afternoon crashes, especially wiped out after some normal levels of exercise, uh, brain fog, you know, difficulty concentration, difficulty memory, and then connective tissue problems. So diffuse, even thinning of head hair, um, unexplained dry skin, dry barrel nails, those are the top few. Uh, Digestive abnormalities like cramping, bloating, constipation, menstrual irregularities, those round out the most common ones. And I I often hear from patients a difference in their uh, sex drive, that uh, that Mm -hmm. has been a complaint, um, especially among women. Mm -hmm. A lot of data showing that as well, you're totally right. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting because if if a practitioner isn't astute, he might just tell a person to go on the diet, um, get more sleep, <laughs> take this pill for depression, because I know uh, depression is often an issue in low thyroid function. Uh, can you talk about yeah. that a little bit? Yeah, that's a great point, and it's something that I think I could have mentioned a bit more with symptoms. We had depression, depression, anxiety. There was one fascinating study in which they took people that had treatment-resistant depression. They didn't do better on one or two different medications. They also didn't seem to respond to talk therapy, and they closely screened them for having thyroid disease. Now, you mentioned before about how the, the common screening guidelines can miss quite a bit, but they caught some, and of those they caught, they were then excluded. So of those that weren't caught by common criteria for thyroid disease, they put them on thyroid medicine anyway. <laughs> so, so the setup is that, yeah, these people didn't respond to depressive treatments. They weren't found to obviously have thyroid disease, but they were put on thyroid medication. And over the course of a year, over 80% of them were free of their depressive symptoms. So, yeah, there's a really strong connection. Well, thank you for clarifying that. And listeners, if you've just tuned in, you're with the Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM, brought to you by Village Green Apothecary. I'm Dana Lake, your host for the hour, and we're having a very interesting conversation with Dr. Alan Christensen, and we are talking about the thyroid diet. Uh, We're talking as much as we can about all the aspects of understanding what symptoms you may have uh, to suggest a thyroid disorder, as well as understanding some of these uh, tests and ranges. So stay with us, folks. We'll be right back after this brief break. Have you ever wondered why the cold and flu season occurs in the fall and winter months? One theory is because of a decrease in sun exposure, our bodies don't make enough vitamin D, which is essential to proper immune function. That's why medical experts recommend supplementing with vitamin D. 
Thorne Research's vitamin D products are made from pure vitamin D with no preservatives or unnecessary ingredients added. Support your immune system with Thorne's vitamin D1000 and D5000. These and other immune-supporting formulas are always available at Village Green. Do you have unique needs that a mass-market pharmacy can't meet? Village Green Apothecary can help. Maybe your doctor prescribed a special compounded formula or you have concerns about allergies or dietary supplements. Our expert team includes pharmacists, nutritionists, clinical herbalists, and naturopaths who can offer you advice on nutritional products and personalized healthy living plans. We also offer specialized lab and micronutrient testing to our customers. Visit Village Green in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane, call us at 301-530-0800 or go to our website at myvillagegreen.com. All over the world, people are beginning to discover fish oil is one of the best secrets for unlocking great health. Thousands of studies have shown the amazing effects of these powerful omega-3s for heart health. Plus, fish oils have even been shown to balance moods and lessen anxiety. With exceptional taste, unrivaled freshness, and unsurpassed purity, Nordic Naturals is the easy way to get your omega-3s every day. To learn more, visit Village Green Apothecary or visit NordicNaturals.com. Nordic Naturals, committed to the planet, committed to pure and great-tasting omega oils. The brain requires nutrition just like the rest of the body. And this is where Gero Formula's NeuroOptimizer comes to the rescue. NeuroOptimizer is a concentrated source of nutrients needed for memory, mood, concentration, and focus. NeuroOptimizer supplies the building blocks for neurotransmitters, the chemicals that allow cells in the brain to communicate and to file away memories. NeuroOptimizer is the nutritional answer to the brain's needs. To learn more about formulas, visit Gero.com. Gero Formulas, available at Village Green Apothecary. Hi, I'm Gail Isaacson, owner of Village Green Apothecary, where we've been specializing in meeting your unique healthcare needs for over 50 years. Our passion is helping you to get to your root cause of health conditions. At Village Green Apothecary, our expert team of pharmacists and clinical nutritionists offer guidance on diet, nutrients, and pharmaceuticals to empower you with personalized recommendations just for you. Plus, we offer lab testing and nutritional consultations to optimize your health plan. Visit Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda or online at myvillagegreen.com. Welcome back, listeners, to the third segment of The Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM, brought to you by Village Green Apothecary. I want to remind you that they have sales going on, and Village Green is always your resource for information. They carry uh, supplements, many fine lines, including their own Pathway products. Now, Dr. Alan Christensen, who is a board-certified naturopathic endocrinologist, he focuses on thyroid care, and he is a New York Times best-selling author whose recent titles include The Thyroid Reset Diet, which will be out January of 2021. And we want to talk a little bit more about, uh, I, I wanted you to talk, Dr. Christensen, a little bit more about looking at iodine-creatinine ratios as being important in determining whether people need more iodine or not. For those that have attempted the diet and may not have responded in the first few months, and by Comparing iodine to how active the kidneys are at the time the test is done, one can better weed out some of the random fluctuations of it. 
there are several labs, national labs like uh, LabCorp and Quest. I have no ties to any of these. LabCorp does offer urinary iodine creatinine ratios. Quest does offer urinary iodine, comma, and urinary creatinine. <laughs> so not as a package. So it does take the doctor doing some math on it. But yeah, when it is offered together, it's simpler. If someone's below 50 micrograms of iodine per gram of creatinine in their urine, that means they are at a therapeutic level to restore their thyroid function. When they're well above that, they're not yet on target. So yeah, that, that can be a tool for those who have attempted but not seen a change just yet. Yeah, that's important. Um, again, what a good clinical pearl. You have given us a lot of clinical pearls on this. So what else do you want our listeners to know? Uh, and you talked about cosmetics. And mm -hmm. isn't that the major way people are getting iodine, uh, excess iodine through shampoos, et cetera? Yeah, so the World Health Organization, they've categorized different nations on the world in terms of whether we're at uh, sufficient iodine, excess, toxic, or levels of deficiency, you know, mild, moderate, severe deficiency. And back in 92, there was 112 countries that were categorized as being at severe iodine deficiency. And it was, it was tragic. You know, there was just millions of babies born with poor brain development due to their thyroid not working due to iodine insufficiency, due to a deficiency of a, you know, a, cheap, a cheap nutrient. And they worked really hard to change that. And it was a phenomenal success. So by 2014, that 112 number, that became zero. There's actually no more nations in that category. <laughs> but since 2014, we have 52 nations that are categorized as at-risk for thyroid disease due to iodine excess. And the United States is in that category. So we're squarely sitting to where overall we've got a risk of getting too much. And there has been some question about how much of that is just the common food sources. There can also be a fair amount of that from common supplements. Uh, and then also the, the cosmetic products. So supplements, most multivitamins have iodine. And there, it's present from potassium iodide, from kelp, or from saccharomyces yeast. Those are the main three sources. One big paper took supplements, just bought them the way anyone would, and then analyzed their iodine content and compared that to the labeled content. And out of 120 products, not a single one was within 5% of its labeled iodine content. None of them had what they said they had. And a lot of them had two to three times more than they were supposed to. So that's, those are the big outliers is those foods we talked about, the iodine in supplements, and then the hidden iodine in cosmetics. And that's why we think we're getting too much and that's why thyroid disease seems to be on the rise. Uh, wow, this is really important. So how do people recognize iodine in a cosmetic product? Yeah, there's actually a list of about 40 different names. I did put that in the Thyroid Reset Diet book. But PVP is one of the most common single names. And then kelp or seaweed extracts is the second most common thing you might see. And it's not a matter of like good products or bad products or natural products or organic products. It's not that at all. It's just that it's a useful ingredient. However, it's, it, it's, it's in the microgram world, you know, so the amount, the amount that's in like the size of a lentil, that could, that could supply the iodine needs for, I'm looking out at the downtown Phoenix, like 5 million people for this next year. 
I mean, the amounts that we need are so infinitesimal. And so it doesn't take much in these extra sources to get into our blood to slow us down. So would it be fair to say that we are really suffering more from excess iodine than too little? I, I, I hear that about the United States. But is that occurring throughout the world as well? So we have seven nations that are now categorized as being at mild iodine insufficiency. We have no nations at severe iodine insufficiency. And there are some nations that are at more significant toxicity than we are, but we are categorized as being at iodine excess. Now, other studies look at subpopulations within the U.S., and there are subpopulations that, that can differ. So those who are solely vegan and consume no iodized salt or no sea vegetables, they could possibly get low. However, the, we have to separate out being low on paper or having more thyroid disease, and those are different ideas. So we see that vegan populations, they have amongst the lowest rates of thyroid disease. So perhaps they're low, but it might be serving them. So then we look at subpopulations per age, gender, and ethnicity. And uh, the, groups, the groups that are most risk with thyroid disease are women, and especially 40s, 50s, and 60s. And there's many subpopulations of, of women in those ages per ethnicity to where 30 to 45% of them are listed as being at risk for iodine excess. So it, it's not everyone, but it's many people. And not everyone's prone to thyroid disease, but some are. And so if someone's prone to it and they're at iodine excess, that's the main instigator. Wow, this is, uh, I really appreciate you going into the detail and you make a, a complex subject understandable. This is really good information. Um, I, I wanted you to talk a little bit more about the autoimmune thyroid disorders and why someone would make antibodies uh, to thyroglobulin. Uh, can you talk about that? For sure. So, yeah, so thyroid disease is almost all autoimmune. You know, Hashimoto's, Hiroko Hashimoto identified this problem back in 1907, so we named it after him. Uh, thyroglobulin that you mentioned, that's the main template, that's the main building block for thyroid hormones. Uh, I grew up in northern Minnesota. We always had coat racks. You don't see a lot of coat racks here in Phoenix anymore, but, you know, you have a holiday party and the coat rack's a mess, right? There's, like, coats all over the place. They're not just on the hooks. There's, like, coats under their coats and coats over the top. So thyroglobulin's a coat rack, and it's got four hooks on it. It should have four iodine atoms. That's how we make T4. Well, you, you, throw, you throw two dozen coats on that rack, and now your body attacks the coat rack. You know, you put too much iodine on thyroglobulin, and it appears like a foreign substance. Your immune system treats it as such, and that's how autoimmunity gets going. You know, that's, that is very interesting, and your metaphor is really good. Uh, so that's, <laughs> that can be something that stimulates, uh, since it looks like a foreign object it can stimulate the attack on the thyroid. Now, my background is in dental hygiene originally, and we looked at mercury in the amalgams, uh, which I thought would have been banned at least 30 years ago. I can't believe we're still permitting it, but that's, that's a whole other lecture for another day. But what we found is that mercury 
can get into the thyroid, making the cells look foreign and initiating an autoimmune attack as well. And I, you know, I've known about that for a long time, but I did not realize the excess iodine does the same. It, it invites the body to fight what looks like something abnormal. Um, mm-hmm. is, could you also talk about uh, T3, reverse T3, how these tests are used, what they mean? For sure. So with the thyroid, we look at how your brain perceives your thyroid function to be, and that was the TSH. We can also then measure the main hormones the gland releases. And the, the gland puts out T4 and T3. You'll see different sources. It's a you know, 80-20, proportion between the two of those. And the main, the main end product of all thyroid hormones at one stage is reverse T3. So your body has a lot of redundancy. You know, we could get by on one lung or one kidney. So we make more thyroid hormone than we normally need. And we just make a lot and we just waste the extra. And that's what reverse T3 is. But if there's times where we need more and we can't make it quickly enough, we can just quit wasting so much. So we can use more of that reverse T3 as an active hormone. So the thyroid hormones are controlled by the brain regulating what the thyroid puts out. But it's also controlled at the tissue level by the liver and the kidneys and the cells. And they control how those T4, T3, reverse T3, T2, you know, how those things converge and how they're all proportioned. Yeah, this is, com- this is a complex subject, and I'm glad you're covering these aspects because it's certainly important. And listeners, if you've just tuned in with us, you're with the Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM, brought to you by Village Green Apothecary. I'm Dana Lake, your host for the hour, and we are having an excellent conversation about thyroid with Dr. Alan Christensen, who is a board-certified naturopathic endocrinologist. And we've been talking about the thyroid, the effect of diet, uh, what iodine means to the thyroid, and we've talked about the tests that are done. So stay with us, folks. We'll be right back after this brief break. Did you get enough lutein today to support eye health? Most Americans consume only 2 milligrams per day, yet populations with good eye health often consume 6 to 20 milligrams to protect the macula of the eye against oxidative stress and aging. Vision Optimizer from Gero Formulas supplies lutein, zeaxanthin, and 13 other vitamins, phytonutrients, and herbs that support eye health and function, reduce eye fatigue, and promote eye comfort. For more information, visit Gero.com. Gero Formulas, available at Village Green Apothecary. Ah, the joy of commuting in Washington. Whether you work on the hill or outside the beltway, you know how stressful it is to get around. Stress can take a serious toll on your health, and Village Green Apothecary can help. We offer over 10,000 healthy living products, including top-quality nutritional supplements, herbal remedies, and more. Our nutritionists and pharmacists offer a personalized approach to help you with your health needs. Stop by Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or visit our website at myvillagegreen.com. 
Some things are hard to stomach, and life doesn't stop for occasional immune challenges or intestinal distress. ProBalarti from Metagenics offers a new targeted probiotic approach for intestinal support. Help maintain control while traveling or as a follow-up to antibiotic therapy to support intestinal flora for healthy intestinal function. ProBalarti provides ID-certified probiotic strains suggested by research to enhance certain aspects of immune function in addition to promoting a healthy balance of intestinal microflora. ProBalarti is the go-to probiotic for patients on the go. Get it today. Available through your healthcare professional and Village Green Apothecary. Quality can't always be seen. Honest labeling, trusted sourcing, unwavering standards. At Pure Encapsulations, we are committed to wellness without compromise, delivering high-quality hypoallergenic products for nearly three decades. Our products are free from gluten, trans fats, peanuts, GMOs, magnesium stearate, and artificial ingredients. Pure Encapsulations is the leading brand in the healthcare practitioner market, ranking highest in ingredients purity, quality testing, and trust. Pure Encapsulations products available at Village Green Apothecary and myvillagegreen.com. Have you ever wondered why the cold and flu season occurs in the fall and winter months? One theory is because of a decrease in sun exposure, our bodies don't make enough vitamin D, which is essential to proper immune function. That's why medical experts recommend supplementing with vitamin D. Thorne Research's vitamin D products are made from pure vitamin D with no preservatives or unnecessary ingredients added. Support your immune system with Thorne's vitamin D1000 and D5000. These and other immune-supporting formulas are always available at Village Green. Welcome back, listeners, to the final segment of the Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM. I'm Dana Lake, and I've been your host for the hour, and we're having an interesting conversation with Dr. Alan Christensen, and we've been talking about thyroid health. And he is a a board-certified naturopathic endocrinologist who focuses on thyroid care. And I invite you to listen to this podcast. You can stream it. You can listen over and over. And you can get that on ehlradio.com or go to iTunes. And you can go to iTunes Podcasts, Essentials of Healthy Living, and uh, Dr. Christensen, how can people get your book that will be out in January, and how do they get in touch with you? Yeah, to get the book wherever you would buy books, and for most of us these days, that's Amazon. But yeah, all the all the major bookstores will have that. And getting in touch with me, my hub is Dr. Christensen, C H R I S T I A N S O N dot com. But yeah, drchristensen dot com is where all my things center from. Well, good, good. So uh, let's let's talk a little bit more about the subject and maybe some of the things that we haven't covered yet. Uh, go ahead and keep the conversation rolling. Yeah, so what's happened is that I mentioned that Dr. Hakamoto identified this condition in in 1907, so 2007 was the century anniversary. And many researchers have said, where are we now? How far have we come? And what, you know, would Dr. Hashimoto be proud of us? And what do we have yet to learn? And they realized, looking at a lot of big surveys, that there's a long ways to go, that patients haven't been recovering as well as they should. So it redoubled many efforts and caused a lot of fresh analysis of data and there's many new ideas that are emerging from that. It's been called a thyroid renaissance of sorts. 
but it's an exciting time. We see that people can get better when we thought that they perhaps they could not. And by getting better, they can see their own function come back again. And what I talked about in the, the new book is how you can do that on a pretty simple diet. You know, it doesn't have to be restrictive. Uh, I want people to eat healthy for a lot of reasons, but they don't have to cut out all the food groups. They can still have some good amounts of variety and it can be well nutritionally complete. The one pitfall I would encourage listeners before they just dive into cutting out iodine simply, if you're on thyroid medication, your needs can change. So please, please know that. <laughs> the book gives you some ideas and some guidance on how to work with your team to make sense of that. But if suddenly, suddenly you need half as much thyroid medicine because you're getting better, that's awesome. But now your medicine is twice as potent as it needs to be. That's not awesome. So it does take coordinated efforts to recover. But, but yeah, for those who have struggled with this for a long time, the possibility for recovery is just greater than we ever thought in the past. So it's a really exciting time. It is, and I am delighted that we're in this exciting time. Uh, there's so much that we've learned. Uh, who was it in the patent industry who said everything that ever could be invented has been invented? And that was back <laughs> in the 40s or 50s. Um, I can't imagine anybody would even think that. Uh, when you think of all the things that are new and all the new kinds of patents people can get. Uh, but uh, go ahead and talk a little bit more, winding up what we have told people who are listening with regard to tests and symptoms and how to talk to their doctors, particularly, about thyroid, and also a little bit about the meds. Yeah. So thyroid medication is a big mainstay of treatment, and the idea is that there's something your body needs that you're normally you make it by yourself, but those with the disease are making none or to some degree not enough. So the meds are pills that help to replace what's not being produced. Uh, we talked a bit, I think it was backstage beforehand, and there's, there's medications that replace one, uh, one hormone called T4, or there's medications that can replace T3. They can be given together. There's also medications that replace T4, T3, and T2. And in states of health, we make three active thyroid hormones. And one of the other big disconnects in the thyroid world is that between 1970 and present, doctors have been very focused on using just one medicine that works on T4. And there certainly are successes. There are many people to where they can take a medicine like that, they can take reasonable doses, and they feel fine again. And that's totally wonderful. But, but sadly, they're probably in the minority. And there's countless cases of those to where they're, they're not better. They wish their thyroid could work better again. They wish their medicine could be more effective. And there are times in which it does take medicines that more closely mimic what the body would do by itself. Yes, that's, uh, that's good information to know. And uh, I think your book is going to be wonderful in revealing for people what they can do about their thyroid so that they get better function and how to identify. So I do, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. We've learned a great deal, Dr. Christensen, and congratulations on your book. It'll be out in January, and I'm sure people can pre-order, so they can do that through Amazon and booksellers as well. 
So thank you very much. We've got to have you back in in the future for sure. I'd appreciate and that. I want Thanks to thank you, me, listeners. Oh, so so glad to have you. Listeners, before we close out, I wanted to remind you of some very important books. The one that I like the most right now is The Toxin Solution. Eliminate avoidable toxins, mitigate the effects of those you can't avoid, and enjoy a longer life with the Essential Health Guide from a pioneer in integrative medicine, Dr. Joseph Pizzorno. He's the author, he's a teacher, practitioner, and founder of Bastyr University, which is the country's first and largest fully accredited university of natural medicine. And this is currently available. It's called The Toxin Solution, How Hidden Poisons in the Air water, food, and products we use are destroying our health and what we can do to fix it. I also want to remind you about our third edition of the kid-friendly ADHD and autism cookbook, The Ultimate Guide to the Most Effective Diets, What They Are, Why They Work, and How to Do Them. This is the third edition. We have sold 100,000 of these books, and now the third edition has expanded that as well as recipes. The other book that goes along with this is the ADHD and Autism Nutritional Supplement Handbook, and it's the cutting-edge biomedical approach to treating the underlying deficiencies and symptoms of ADHD and autism. I have co-authored these with Pamela Compart, who is a developmental pediatrician. So, folks, please avail yourself of these books and expand your knowledge. And I do want to thank you listeners for joining us here on the Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM, reminding you again you can access this show or any of the previous shows through iTunes on the Essentials of Healthy Living podcast. And I, I like to think of some of the quotes that I think are meaningful. Success is liking yourself, liking what you do, and liking how you do it. And as our lives move forward, I am always reminded that every day is a new day, every minute a new minute, giving us many opportunities to make positive health-enhancing choices. And please remember, it's not the number of breaths you take. It's the moments that take your breath away. This is Dana Lake and Village Green wishing each and every one of you good health and a breathtaking day. Did you know at Village Green Apothecary, we offer everyday savings on top quality nutritional supplements, including herbs and homeopathic remedies, plus personal care products and more. That's right. In addition to our big sales events, you can save up to 20% on most everything you need for a healthier lifestyle. Today and every day at Village Green, we care about our customers. We've been providing the best nutrition and healthy living products for over 50 years. Stop by Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda at 54. 15 West Cedar Lane or visit our website at myvillagegreen.com.